Hello, and welcome back to episode two of Daughters on Fire. Today, we are going to meet Robin Arab, our resource guru and caregiving expert. We're going to go dive deep with her. Um, she is going to be a regular on the show, so I'm excited about today's episode. She's going to share more about her professional experience, her be- uh, background, and her own caregiving experience taking the driver's seat with her mom who went through dementia. And right off the bat, we're going to get into some tangible tips and takeaways specifically related to adjusting to new norms. And we are so glad you're here today and look forward to diving deep with Robin. Are you stressed, burned out, and looking for answers as you care for an aging parent? If you are, this podcast is for you. Here you will receive actionable advice from seasoned professionals, validation and compassion for the incredibly tough job you are doing, and most importantly, supportive love from a community of like-minded warriors. You're not alone. Join this powerful community as we support you on your complicated journey and help you transform into an empowered and calmer caregiver. Welcome to Daughters on Fire today. My friend, Robin Arab, who is a social worker, a certified care manager, community facilitator, and resource extraordinaire. She has over 30 years of experience helping families navigate the complicated maze of aging, senior health care, and long-term planning through the resources in the community. As the primary care manager at Harpeth Hills Church of Christ Resource Center on Aging, that's a mouthful, Robin, She has helped establish the center as a community leader in resources and advocacy. It is with her guidance that it has become the model for other senior programs throughout Nashville, Tennessee. Um, She also plays a pivotal role in the center's partnership with TriStar Parthenon Pavilion's Wellness 66 Educational Seminars, which are a huge draw and um, focus in the community, and I've attended, love them, and they have helped thousands of participants over the years. Um, They've helped educate thousands of participants on aging issues. And she's also a leader in many local organizations that advocate for the needs of older adults, as well as a certified member of the Aging Life Care Association. And when Robin isn't sharing her amazing knowledge and compassion through her work, she enjoys spending time reading, decorating, and entertaining family and friends at home. Robin and I, on a personal note, have known each other for several years now, and our paths have crossed over quite a bit, and we've gotten to know each other even more as co-facilitators for a local dementia support group um, here in the Franklin area. Um, And it is actually our work together that, in many ways, inspired um, the Daughters on Fire podcast, and so... I'm really excited that not only are we getting to meet Robin today and talking to her more about her journey, um, but she is also going to be joining me on the Daughters on Fire podcast as a co-facilitator on our episodes that we are calling Is It Normal, which are um, just a lot of informative Q&A episodes on not only dementia care um, and parenting a parent, but also just other Um, amazing questions that people have regarding the aging process. So one, if that's something you would like to hear us talk about, if you have a pressing question of, oh my gosh, is this normal? Or I'd love to hear feedback on what other people are going through and any insight, definitely send us an email 
And we will highlight that on um, an upcoming episode. And so, uh, Robin, I have um, kind of gone over the highlights of your accomplishments, some of them, probably not nearly all of them. Um, But I'd like you to either fill in the gaps for me if you feel like there's anything I've missed or tell me more about your own personal journey as a daughter on fire. And to set that up a little bit, one of the um, things that we've been talking about, uh, you know, in the first episodes of this podcast are just the symptoms of a daughter on fire. And what does a daughter on fire mean? So um, the analogy of are you, you know, a wildfire daughter on fire? What at what point did you experience that your your journey felt like the love and the care that you were giving was out of control, unsustainable, and burning you up? Or did you reach a point, um, and can you share any experiences where you felt more like the candle, an experience where you were more grounded, you had um, an inner peace and calm about you, and you were able to just take care of yourself and in that you had a calm sustaining flame that you were able to, to share with others, much like a candle doesn't burn out when it's shared and it lights other candles. It's a sustainable flame. So those kind of two analogies, what were your stories on that? And we'll kind of go from there. So welcome Robin. And I'm so excited to partner with you on this episode and many more. Well, thank you for having me. This is a, um, really exciting adventure that we are embarking on and I'm thrilled to be a part of it. Um, I have been a daughter on fire and I have been a candle. So uh, Melissa read to you my work history and I began very early in my social work career as an adult protective service and a child protective service counselor. And then it, as it proceeded um, I worked in medical home health as well as non-medical home health, which at that point proved to me the love and my passion for helping families move forward and to work with caregivers in um, education of what's next, what do we need to know, what resources do we have, because there's so many things out there and it's so confusing that I really love just that simple nudge in a certain direction of which way you need to turn or what your next steps are because either we're coming at this very early and we really don't know what's out there or most likely coming at it during a crisis. So um, I absolutely love what I do and love helping people find their way. Um, As Melissa mentioned, I was a caregiver for my mother. She uh, was 90 years old at the time. Actually, I probably started caring for her much earlier than that, but when she passed, she was 90. So um, I'm sure throughout these podcasts, I will be sharing nice stories about my mother. And <laughs> my mother was quite the character. Um, she was always very silly, and she uh, did even sillier things as she aged. So I'll have... Um, Stories to tell. Her name was Loria, so they will be my Loria stories and um, chronicles as we move forward. But <laughs> I like um, that the Loria chronicles. The chronicles. She was um, she was a little lady. She was only five foot, and she was a ball of fire. And um, that that sounds wonderful and delightful, but 
adding to when you're caring for somebody that's a ball of fire, it's not always easy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, just a quick history on her. She did have uh, vascular dementia. My mother, my father passed um, when he was 66 years old. So my mother lived nearly um, longer as a widow than she did as a wife when um, he had passed. So she lived alone, and that, as we all know, when we live alone, is a little bit quirky, and we have, we're very set in our ways. And my mother was, to say the least, very stubborn and not um, given to being very reasonable at times, and she always wanted it her way, and um, she knew what was right. So, again, uh, quickly to insert, the challenge of being a caregiver is also being a daughter, and that is those relationships maintain, and we'll talk about that in future episodes, but they maintain, and you're always the child, and I was the youngest, so um, I didn't know a whole lot. Even given my profession, that didn't make any difference to her that I was not to treat her as one of my clients, and I didn't know what was going on. Mm. So um, I actually, my mother lived in Pennsylvania, so I was a long-distance caregiver. And one of the challenges, I um, had a brother and a sister who lived there, and often they would call me to find out where mom was. So I had more contact with her than they actually did. Mm-hmm. But um, the the challenge was that I absolutely, I would hear what each of them, what their take was on how she was doing. Well, that's not very um, practical sometimes because I am hearing what they have to say based on their emotions and their thoughts and their relationship with mom. So often I was playing the detective trying to figure out which way uh, I needed to lean as far as taking care of her because I was her power of attorney and I was in charge. So had to do a lot of deciphering between the two at, um, during my caregiving journey for my mother, my, my brother passed away. And so I was left with, um, even more responsibilities. And, um, my sister at the time was very ill. So I was her primary caregiver living 750 miles away. Um, we got to the point that she had to have more help and she was not willing to bring anybody into the home. She was um, driving when she wasn't supposed to be. The doctor had already told her that she could no longer drive. So there were certain things that were coming um, to light. And at the same time, my daughter was in college and I was um, dealing with her issues as far as uh, choosing classes and going Mm -hmm. to school and coming home and visit. So it was, it was a lot at the time. also keeping up a house, a job, and and a husband. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you do feel out of control. You do feel like this wildfire. You don't know which way to turn. Every day that you wake up, you think, what's going to hit me today? Did you, I've heard two things I think you'll resonate with. Um, One is people saying, I just wake up with a sense of dread of what's going to happen today. And did you ever feel like that? Absolutely. The one thing that I remember, and I I read this somewhere, is you're just waiting for that phone call. Mm. Yeah, every phone call, you're worried what's on the other side. 
Absolutely. As, as the phone rings and you see who it is, you think, what's next? What has happened? And if you go a few days and you don't get a call and then there's a call, it was that lulled sense of security in there. Mm. So, yeah, which yeah. makes it even worse when you're starting to get a little comfortable, right? And right. Like, yeah. So then when right. it hits you, it really blindsides you. So you'll appreciate this, Robin. I haven't had a chance to tell you. Um, I was at a, I was presenting with a group and somebody was describing, we were talking about the sandwich generation and, um, it, for, for most of our audience, they're going to know what we mean when we say sandwich generation, but there are people out there who have not heard that concept yet for, so for anybody who maybe not, does not know what that is, it's the generation that's squeezed right in the middle that has the parents on one side that they're having to take care of and then the children on the other side. And that may be children in the home. That might be just, you know, adulting children, which, you know, adulting, get you all the way through your 20s. So the sandwich generation (laughs) is getting more and more squeezed, which is why this is so hilarious. And I'm going to start using this term of the panini generation because it's not just a sandwich. You're literally getting so squeezed that you're getting smushed together by all the responsibilities that you have in your life. So you're not a sandwich. You're actually a panini, Robin. You are feeling like a panini. I, I would agree with that. Yes, I was squished. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so many things in caregiving that, um, you know, I wish I had stopped maybe along the way and um, been more of a candle than a wildfire and mm-hmm. enjoyed some of the journey you know, as I said, I have the the Loria Chronicles, and there's so many things that we look back on that we laugh and we enjoyed. And um, I was always so caught up in that phone call and what's going to happen today that I didn't stop and enjoy some of that. And and it's hard to do that when you're in the midst of it. You just think, I can't get through another minute, but you keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. So. I think what we want to and hope to accomplish here is to say that it's okay to slow down and it's okay to um, enjoy the minute. And it's okay to laugh Mm -hmm. because sometimes you have to laugh because if you don't laugh, you're going to cry. But um, as I I did the journey and, and my mother, as I did say, passed away at 90 and I look back on all the things that happened and and some were good and most I second guess myself. And I think that's Mm -hmm. where we all do as daughters and caregiving is we do second guess. And I hope that we are here to help people check in and say, is this normal or should I be thinking this way or should I go this way or that way? We want to help people navigate this because it is so difficult and we all at one time or another are going to be caregivers in our lives or we're going to going to have somebody care for us so Mm -hmm. we need to learn how to be the candle and not necessarily the wildfire but that being said there's times that the wildfire will be there and it'll be out of control and then we Mm -hmm. will have it contained Mm -hmm. yeah but i think that's that's all like spot on for sure. And 
one thing that I have come to realize also is that um, there are three components to the final chapter of life, in my opinion. There's the the living well, the aging well. There's the death, having a good death. And then there's the dying well. And I think a lot of us, I think a lot of our society has focused on the two on the outside. So prepare for a good death, you know, get your everything in order. Don't be a burden on your family. Financially prepare. And then there's the aging well where give yourself a sense of purpose. Get out there. Stay healthy and vibrant for as long as possible. But it's the dying well that really throws us all for a loop. It's it's because there's no such thing as control over it. It's just rolling with it. It's just the fluidity, if that makes sense, of of being present for each moment and not having control over it. There, there feels like there's control in what will, what will your last breaths look like? What will the, you know, um, what will your family's responsibility and your funeral and where you're going to be buried and all that, what will that look like when you're gone? There's some control in that regard. There's control over what are the choices when I am independent and well that I want to live for myself. But the dying well, I think, is where we really get off course, which I that's where I'm hoping we, we can be a safe place for people to land. When they're right in the middle of that, they're helping somebody who is in the dying process die well. And I agree with that so much. And that goes back to a lot of planning. And matter of fact, I just had a conversation yesterday with a lady who just lost a family member. And her first, the first words out of her mouth were, she had everything planned. And mm-hmm. it was so easy. Mm-hmm. And that we have to remember. So many people don't want to talk about that. And, you know, certainly we can dedicate a whole session to this at one point. But just it's a blessing to your family. It's love to your family to take care of those things that when they are devastated and dealing with your death, that you've made it easier for them and you've taken care of them. So really something at some point we need to talk about and focus on because it, it is a gift. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not so, taboo. It, it's, right. It's, we're, 100% of us are going to die. Right. <laughs> as far as right. I know, nobody has not died. So um, we, we need to plan for it. And it, yeah. it's not bad. Right. And it's like, you know, make choices so that you can live well. Get the deci- Make your decisions and put plans in place so that your death and what happens there goes well. And then be open to the experience of preparing yourself emotionally for the roller coaster that is dying because that part um we can do all three of them can happen can happen well but it's absolutely yeah but you've gotta you've gotta go in with it with your eyes wide open nothing is easy right that's right it takes an effort (laughs) that's right in a community absolutely yes and we so, need to use all those resources. Yes. And, and I think, and hopefully we will just bring like a bucket load of resources and ideas to, to people through this um, podcast because there's a lot out there. So I would like to wrap up with one last question for you on your journey. Um, 
because we're we we can't have a whole series on is it normal episodes if I don't ask you what were you thinking <laughs> in the middle of all of that where you're like oh my gosh is this normal and you know what are some answers around this? Well, I think um, one of the biggest things that shocked me was when we made the decision for mom to move out of her home into a facility and to see her so confused at that point. I mm-hmm. was really shocked knowing full well, and I've talked to families about this, but to watch the woman that you love and you cherish and you think is so smart and so intelligent and has taken care of you all your life, not be able to use a new key mm. is devastating. And I just kept thinking, she's not going to make it. She's absolutely not going to get through this. And I remember speaking with the director and the director said, she will be fine. It takes a few weeks. And of course, in our society, and because I was in that panini, I wanted it all to happen quickly. Mm-hmm. And she said, she will get it. And she did get it. It was probably a few weeks, but she figured it out. She figured out how to buzz people into her apartment. She figured out how to use her new key. And it was fine. But I just thought, I cannot imagine that this woman can't grasp this. So that was one of the times. There's there's many. But that was one of the things that really stands out in my mind of, is this normal? Is she going to make it? You know, I really love that you bring that up because there are a lot of us um, that are in the profession of helping people deal with this exact situations, but it's different when you're going through it personally. It's that experiential learning (laughs) where you're like, I've read the book over and over again, but now it's me and my family and my life. And both Robin and I, you've been through it and I'm in... Um, different active stages of it, but those moments where the reality of what's going on in our own families hit us, everything we've been able to do, it doesn't discount everything we've been able to do for other families, but it becomes so, so much different when it's happening to you personally. That's why, I mean, you know, I'm trying to think Tipa Snow, for anybody who knows Tipa Snow out there, she's a a guru in the aging and dementia world, she probably has had those moments. Um, I'm just trying to think of other people. Um, Maria Shriver or right. um, who's that Paisley? What's her name? Oh, <laughs> um, Kim Williams Paisley. Yes. Yeah. They all, of course, they're now more experts because they've gone through it and now they're educating and ed- educating others. But I think that it does not matter what you know when you, until you really know it because you've experienced it, everything changes. Oh, I agree. There's many times that I would say to myself, you know how to do this. You tell people this every day of your life. And people listen to me and they call me back and say, oh, that worked. Thank you. But when I was doing it, I couldn't think of one thing mm-hmm. I can do to change it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it because it's, we're not meant to, to, be experts. We're meant to be daughters, right? That's that's a great point. I love that. 
Yeah. And that's why we're all here for each other because, you know, at least you had a community of people you could lean on in that because you were showing up as a daughter, not as the expert. Right. Absolutely. And with that daughter, your emotional connections, all all your feelings, everything is right there. But you still get through because you love the person you're caring for or you don't. But you know you have an obligation to take care of this person. Right. There you just tapped into another thing. Uh, I'm obligated to take care of mom, but we do not have any connection. Yeah. That's another episode. That That's we absolutely. This is normal. <laughs> this, there's so much uh, that we can talk about. So I am excited to be partnering with you on this and um, in coming to all your ears out there for our listeners. And again, um, Join us on the Facebook page to kind of join the conversation. Get on our website. um, Reach out to us through email. Um, I think we'll have several different emails right now. Robin at daughtersonfire.com. And we want this to be an engaging community where it's not just us here. But hopefully over the months to come, you'll see more and more like outlets for us to connect with you and we're all here for you and there's lots of resources out there so for resource connections go to the website and daughtersonfire.com and we will see you i guess you don't really see us through podcasts we will be there for you you (laughs) (laughs) on the next episode and we're glad you joined us today